Guys, welcome back. I've said it before and I will say it again, and this probably won't be the last time. I am sorry for my audio quality, and that is all I will say. Kevin and I talk about a lot of movies and TV in this episode, and I think you should operate under the presumption that we are going to spoil whatever we're talking about. So I've included the names of all the shows we talk about in the episode description, so just if you don't want to be spoiled, you'll be able to skip around in the episode. And then finally, I was a guest on the podcast We Explain Movies, and that is going to be dropping soon. It was a filthy, fun, good time. Those ladies are hilarious and brilliant, and you should listen to their podcast. But other than that, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Hey, Kevin, you're back. I'm back. It's and me. we're here to talk about we're here to talk about television and film because it's been quite a while. This is actually the first time that you and I have talked since I've moved to San Diego. And by talked, I mean in an episode format. That's right. We've definitely talked. (laughs) Yeah. How's it been? You like San Diego? I do like San Diego. Mm -hmm. I like being independent and by myself (laughs) a lot. I feel like you're watching a lot more stuff. I am. I... I've become a little more selective in what I've watched and I'll tell you about my opinions on television in general, but I I have, I watch a lot more stuff that I wouldn't ordinarily watch because I feel like watching stuff with somebody makes it more fun. So even if it's bad, it's still a fun experience. And I didn't used to do that. It used to feel like work. Yeah. Having people there oftentimes can give you the context that you need to to like something better. Mm-hmm. It's like you wouldn't watch Joe Perra on your own, but I feel like me with there, I feel like makes it more of an experience, I guess. I don't know. No, I, I agree. And I think that's why I was I had a hard time finishing Joe. I, I still didn't finish Joe Perra because it it was like me laughing with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember uh, Nirvana, the band. I watched a couple of those episodes, but it wasn't as great. I mean, the episodes were good, but like I think us watching it together, <laughs> we we were only supposed to see like two or three episodes, and we ended up watching like the entire season one that one day in my room. You remember? Yeah, and it, it was awesome. And I think yeah. there, there's something to be said about those moments of you're laughing, and then you look at the person you're watching with, and you have mm-hmm. that moment of recognition. You're like, ha, ah, we're we're enjoying the same thing at the same time. So what are some of these things that you've been saying? So today we're going to be talking about uh, the television and movies we've been watching. And the way I have this organized is we're going to talk about the television we've been watching. And we've organized it from the stuff we've liked the least to the stuff we've liked the most. Mm-hmm. And my television list, it's kind of long. And... How many how many things do you have on your TV list? I have one, two, three, four, five, six, six. But I think like four really. Two of them I'm just gonna. I, I, I don't I don't have a whole lot to say, but I'll say I like. Them. Also, I don't have a whole lot that like I don't really dislike because <laughs> the stuff I I did really like. I just like I'm not gonna. I don't have any dislikes say about that. <laughs> okay, I'll get it started then. Yeah, because but you I'll... might do a few, and then I might do one in between them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So starting off on my television list, I'm going to knock off the shows Utopia and Rami. The The show Utopia, it's an Amazon show, and it's based off a British television show that was 
very popular and you actually watched it, didn't you? It was amazing. It wasn't something I was really excited about, but my roommate was excited because she's the show is created in showrun, I think, or just written by Gillian Flynn, the author of Gone Girl and Sharp Objects. So Gillian Flynn has an impressive resume. And so that's a good reason to watch the show. And it's really well made. And the first two episodes were good and set up the world really well. And then it just didn't do anything that interesting. The the mm. characters were never particularly interesting aside from John Cusack, who I thought was, he was my favorite character on the show. Uh, he's playing Mr. Rabbit. Oh, I should also say there's, I think there's going to be a lot of spoilers in this episode. So if you want to watch any of these things, operate under the assumption that Kevin and I are going to spoil them just a little bit. But yeah, the, the characters, the protagonists aren't really that interesting. I should also mention that Rain Wilson is on the show and he's probably my second favorite character and he's a protagonist and I actually like him. Other than that, it doesn't really have anything going for it. The Jessica Hyde character is terrible. Really? Just a really unlikable, reprehensible character who the show asks you to have empathy for. And it's impossible because she does horrible thing after horrible thing. And so I, I couldn't get behind her. And none of the other characters are really developed enough for me to want to see them do anything. So I'm not invested in their journeys. So... I got to give the show a five out of 10. It's, wow. it's watchable. It's well made. It's well acted. But overall, I I wasn't left with anything that special from it. Had your roommate seen the original? She had seen the original and she was a big fan of it. Right. So what's, what was her rating? I don't know what her rating would be exactly i would think it's maybe a six or a seven but she was also really disappointed copy yeah she she actually mentioned this on her podcast she was talking about my experience we got to the third episode and the third episode was so bad and so it derailed the story so much that if i had not been watching with her i mm. wouldn't have finished the show mm. that bad yeah, it was the show was progressing nicely and then it just took a big dip. Yeah. And I don't like TV. <laughs> there there's too much of it and I don't like this format of I don't think it lends itself to brevity often. What I love about film so much is I feel like you watch something and one and done. You get everything from it in 90 minutes or more or 2 hours and then you're done. And then a TV show asks you in, to invest eight or 10 hours. And then some aren't always great. Like looking back on Game of Thrones, there's episodes that are set up episodes. And that's insane to me. Oh, that's, I, I don't think that's so insane. But, uh, but I would, but if, if someone was watching Game of Thrones now and had not seen it, I would tell them to stop at season four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does, does this make you want to watch the original Utopia? It kind of does, uh, because I, I hear, I hear such good things about it. And then you recommended it to me. Because it feels like you, you watched like the new old boy. <laughs> yeah, that, not as, not as bad as that, but 
it's a lesser version. Yeah. No, I still recommend it. The the original Utopia. Yeah, yeah, I still recommend it. If 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 anything, just a couple of clips. I'll send you a couple of clips, and if you're into those, I would I would recommend you watch it because honestly, there are some episodes in the original Utopia that just kind of like okay, and this this mm-hmm. the, the and the, the second season is 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 not as good as the first, but it, but it, it's it's still a really good show. Mm-hmm. It's still it's still a really good show. Uh, do you want to do another one or is it my turn? Let me. I'll talk about Rami real quick. I won't talk as long as right. about it. That's right. I was really, I wanted to watch Rami because I saw that Mahershala Ali was on season two. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. <laughs> you killed me. Um, and so I didn't want to, I don't want to, I didn't want to drop into it just to watch his scene. So I watched all of Rami season one and I watched all of Rami season two and it's another millennial, oh, I'm making mistakes show. Oh, no, I'm just struggling in life. Isn't life as a millennial so difficult? And Who does it star? Rami Youssef, who is a, he's an Egyptian comedian. Okay. And I th- he's, he's pretty funny. I like his stand-up. But he is the worst character on the show. There's shows centered around his sister and his mom and his uncle that are so much better than episodes around him because he just makes the same mistakes over and over again. It starts to feel contrived after a while. And his his friends are awful characters. And without getting into too much, someone tells him in season two, they just plainly tell him, Rami, you're a terrible fucking person. And I, I agreed. And I I hated him so much. Were you supposed to? <laughs> I don't. I think you're supposed to empath. You're supposed to be on his side, but right. Repeatedly, you're just annoyed by his decision making. Right. I would. There were episodes that I would say are ten out of ten, and they're the ones that don't revolve around him. But overall, I give the show a five, and I I don't think I'm gonna watch season three. It's mm-hmm. it's exhausting, and I'm tired of this. It's life is so hard for a millennial that has been done so many yeah. times before. And with that, I I throw the ball to you. Please talk. I've talked for far too long. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue up up your up your thought there. There has been there have been shows about people who are general uh, not not bad people, but like kind of make mistakes. But like it been it it, it it it's been done in a way in which like you you like them, mm-hmm. and like like Louis comes to mind, right? He's not like he makes mistakes, but like it doesn't. He doesn't. He you're always on his side because they're never mistakes that that like I don't. I how do I want to say this? That make him a bad person. And they don't generally hurt other people that often. Right. Rami Rami does some pretty awful stuff that affects people. Yeah. Oh my god. I, it's a big spoiler, but he gets someone killed. Someone yeah. dies because of him. Right. I mean, but look at Walter White, right? It's like you, yeah, you're with him because because there's the right setup to the characters to as what he's doing. But it seems like you don't understand or you don't empathize with what he's doing, and that and that's mm-hmm. what makes it so you're not on his side. And it it just feels so contrived after a while. Yeah, it feels like he makes mistakes, so there will be more episodes. And I I'm actually glad that you brought up another. You said uh, you want to mention other examples because I thought of Fleabag, where ah, she makes yeah. a lot of mistakes that do affect people, 
but you see her suffer so much. Yes. And then I feel like between season one and season two, there's enough growth. Whereas in season two, where she's not doing the same shit again, it's there's a different context there. Yeah, that that's a great example. I'm I'm really glad that that show stopped at two seasons. Not not that not that like another season would have been really good, but like it never got the chance to not be good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it uh, it seems really. I mean, they took a lot of time between season one and season two, and I think it shows. Yeah. Well, and it, and it kind of goes back to like what because like the uh, remember how you were talking about the burnout that you've had with shows, right? Like when you watch miniseries, you know, and you watch like shows that are only two seasons, it's like so refreshing because it's like, hey, here's the whole story. I have everything. I don't have to like, you know, wait on like, oh, this season's not good. The ending is on the horizon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, all right. My turn. Speaking of a show that just came out because it, it was a few days ago, I saw the first episode of The Mandalorian. Mm. And, you're, and now you're going to wait until it all comes out, right? So I won't No, no. I actually, I watched the first episode yesterday of season Oh, two. perfect. Okay. What'd you think? Uh, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite, but I feel like the show operates in a way that a bad episode doesn't derail it because it's more quest oriented. Yeah. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. I, because there are some episodes of that show which I don't like. You know, you know which one I'm talking about, right? Wait, do you Does it involve Jawas? <laughs> No, my least favorite episode of The Mandalorian was the one with Bill Burr in it, and there was like all those people, and they were on that ship. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have expected that. I didn't like it that much. It was, it was so it was like there was too many characters. I got lost. It was kind of boring. There was only one set the whole time. It's like it's a big it's a big like a turn from what like the rest of the series is, and I just felt it was like not really cohesive. I don't know. It 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 felt like a different kind of show. Mm-hmm. I really like the fact that they're getting into the Mandalorian culture and like Beskar armor and like nerdy shit and all and, and stuff like that. I really like that Dave Filoni is taking over all the Star Wars stuff because I really like Clone Wars and this seems mm-hmm. like to have like a similar spirit to it. So I'm into that. But and also we don't we don't really get Western shows anymore. The last good Western show I can think of is Firefly. Did you watch Deadwood? I tried to. I was like this is a good show. I will definitely watch this. <laughs> I appreciate I this watch... show, and then you never watch it. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like it's how a lot of people feel about Boardwalk Empire, where they know it's good, and they know it's worth the time, and they just never watch it. <laughs> I feel like there's a good Onion article that exists. Yeah. Where it's, I'm glad this show exists. And right. it's, <laughs> you never watch it. Nope, but... That's what that's what dead was to me, and and I think that's because people are bored of westerns, so you gotta dress it up. Which is funny because it's it's such a good it's such a good setting for a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so it's so different than what we deal with in the modern world. I you do have to dress it up, which is why Westworld was so lovely in its heyday. Uh, but the, that's the funny thing is Westworld's not a western. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> So it's we have to dress it up so much that it's not even a western anymore. That's how much you have to dress it up. But I think Mandalorian does a good job of keeping to its roots. Uh, another good, another good western I remember is uh, Buster Scruggs, 
And I was mm-hmm. thinking about how much money I would pay to have Pedro Pascal do the first act of Buster Scruggs. <laughs> but Mandalorian, he's like singing Mandalorian songs. <laughs> Oh my god. When a Mando trades his guns for wings. When a man trades his Mandalorian armor for yeah. wings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's good. Uh, I actually have a question. I'm sorry, we're way too long on this. You're going to have to cut this down a lot. I have a question for you. Did you hear that Pedro Pascal, there's been conflicts about Pedro Pascal on set saying that if I'm not going to take off my helmet a lot, why don't I just send in voice files and then you guys do the rest? Did you hear about that? No. Okay. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell how this is making you feel. He doesn't want to physically be there. Not if he doesn't have to. Is 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 his is his uh is his uh thinking. And as somebody, and as somebody who understands a little bit of the production, I guess that I mean he has a point. <laughs> He has, mm-hmm. he has a point on the production side of like, you're you are so seldomly not your your, your body. It, you're literally just a character actor, you know. I'm really just a, a voice actor, you know. And mm-hmm. you can have anybody like just do the do the motions for you while your voice goes in. How do you feel about that occurring? How does it make you feel as an actor? I guess it's it's easy for me to say because I I don't have to. I have never had to deal with something like that. And that's such a, it's such a rarity in the acting world because I don't think there's ever been a show where it's required the actor to be concealed the entire time. There's been movies and mm-hmm. within the Star Wars world, I mean, James Earl Jones voicing Darth Vader mm-hmm. and it's still an effective performance. There is a part of me that's like, ooh, there's, I think it's important for you to be on set but I understand not wanting to always be there. I don't know if there's, do you feel like his physical performance would be affected all that much if he wasn't present? I don't know <laughs> because, because like a stunt, a stunt actor probably could be a lot more physical than he could. You know, all he's doing is like the motions of when he's talking and stuff. And, and mm-hmm. just so we're clear to everyone out there, like he's, that's him in season two. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't like he's yeah he's that that's a that's all him and that will that and this has since been figured out and it will be him going forward. Okay, he's not gonna voice. But it was it was a discussion at some point. Yeah, he said like, "Hey, like, do I need to be here?" (laughs) But anyway, yeah. But like, well, that's the thing is like, how much if you don't see if you can't uh, the face is a big part of the emotion, right? Mm. And. And how and you get a little bit of it through the body language, but can you tell one actor's body language from another? It comes down to the specific character that they're playing. Mm. But I think you're right. I think a stuntman would be able to inhabit that properly. Interesting. Interesting discussion. All right. We've been on way too long. <laughs> and the Mandalor- I got a, I got a quick question about the Mandalorian real quick. Did yeah, you think yeah, it was yeah. funny when he was saying the word belly? We have to blow up the wor- the the dragon's belly, and it's just his his stupid Mandalorian voice. I don't. I I remember him saying that, but I don't remember anything particularly interesting about that. I but uh but 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 I did. I do think that they spent a lot of fucking money on that sandworm. That it looked amazing. It looked mm-hmm. photo real. 
I think, like, for any reason to watch the show, it should just be the special effects because no other show right now looks as the CG looks as good as that show. Like, this has no, Game of Thrones has nothing on that show. No, and I will say that's part of the other joy of watching The Mandalorian is I like to try to I like watching and trying to figure out when they were using the the volume LED mm. screen to yeah. do a to do the setting. Well, and it's, it's hard. Because... You it you can't you can't tell. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, like you can tell whenever there's like a big, large, like distant background. You're like, okay, I'm pretty sure that's it. And if it's like, and if it's like a shot of the waist up, you're like, okay, I know. <laughs> you can you can tell, but like, it's funny because like when you look at the speeder scenes, they're the exact same angles as they were in season one. And I wonder if that's because of the limitations of the of of the of the way the camera is able to angle on the and then look good uh, in the in that box. And so I wonder if the whole season, whenever they're gonna be on speeders, it's just gonna be the same, like, like forty five degree angle of them, as 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 they all are. Mm-hmm. And when they're not on, when when it's not on, it's like super obvious because it opens in like a a back alley of like, and you see a bunch of graffiti and stuff, and like I don't know, I like the the, the virtual production stuff because of how it's changing everything too. CG takes a long fucking time. And if you can get all that stuff done ahead of time, and then, like, Pedro only has to be on set for, like, a month, they were halfway done filming in September. That's wild. <laughs> not well, September. Uh, yeah, it makes the performance that much easier because you're not, you don't have to imagine. I feel bad for all the prequel actors who are just looking at the green village. Yeah, and having to, like, pretend. Which the irony, right, is that like Pedro has all this like thing to work with, and he can't, and you can't see any of his work. <laughs> and he's just wearing a mask. And he's just wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah. But I want, I want more shows to adopt this, and I want the technology to expand so that it's it's a it's it's cheaper and it's like bigger. And I I want this to be the future. Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I think it, I think it will be because I I know that Mindhunter used the same technology for all the driving scenes. Every mm-hmm. single driving scene, they did the same way. That's right. Yeah. So I, I think it, it I think it's going to become more and more common, and the production value is going to in- continue to increase, and we're mm-hmm. going to get better looking television because of it. I have The Mandalorian on my list. I'll just mention it now because we're talking about it. I I like it a lot. Uh, I binged season one, and you know I don't like binging shows, but the episodes are short, so I appreciated that. What's your favorite episode? I really like the prison one, the one that you didn't like. <laughs> it's it, but it's so like it's so unlike the rest of the show. Do you think? It's it's so that, I, and I think that's why I like it because I've ah. never I've never seen a Star Wars plot like that before, ah. where I I care about what's going on. Maybe I need to see it again. I don't know. Yeah, I was just like so focused on what the show was, and like, and then something new happened. I was like, I don't, I don't know about these. But I really like the show. I'm glad it exists. It's not a perfect show, but it's nice to watch something and be able to detach from it, mm-hmm. and not feel like it's affected by the cynicism of the other Star Wars movies, where everything feels like they're just crossing yeah. stuff off a list. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that, and I'm excited to see where season two goes. Well, since we're since we're in spoilers territory, uh, and crossing stuff off a list, what do you? So at the end, we see Boba, 
We do. What are your thoughts? I think there's potential for an interesting storyline there. When I when I say crossing stuff off the list, I feel like I I need to clarify that. I feel like when I say that, it comes from the business standpoint of whether Disney's like, okay, we have our diversity quota, we ah. have our our hope quota, we have to have this many explosions. It it feels like too many cooks, whereas this feels like someone's vision. So I appreciate that more. Do you hear the actor that that plays Finn? Like, feels really upset about that actually. John Boyega. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was not. He was not pleased about how his character was done in that, and neither were how Liz Rose was done. Which I would be well, upset too if I was Jad Boyega. <laughs> have you seen the um the video? We're never of, gonna get uh, to any of the we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, great. it's a compilation of all the Star Wars actors. They're doing press for the newest movie, and uh, none of them are excited. Yeah, they're all they're all so happy to be done. And an interview asked Donald Gleason. He had. I'm sure we'll find out more about General Hux and DVD extras. And he says, yeah, because that's what people love, DVD extras. That's what they want from a movie. Oh, man. Oh, man. I forgot he was in that. <laughs> uh, his, he, he's happy about the paycheck. I'll go quick on my my next two shows. Um, I watched a little a little bit of Normal People, the Hulu show. I had read the book recently, and I really enjoyed the book. I didn't finish the show. It's fine, but it was giving me the exact same experience that the book was giving me. And I just figured, I don't need to be watching this. I know exactly what's going to happen. It's well done. It The acting is great, but I just didn't need to watch it. So I didn't finish it. The book was better? The book was the same. Wow. It was the exact same experience. So... I don't, I didn't need to have the same experience. And then the next show was the HBO docuseries, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, based on the the novel by Michelle McNamara, the crime writer. I, six to seven out of 10, it's really slow in some part, parts. And that was my problem with the book, where it just feels like minutia about the case. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't, always the most interesting thing to read and watch. I will say the show shines so much when it interviews the victims of the Golden State Killer. And it has a really satisfying ending with that. So Now, this isn't the Zodiac Killer. No, this was the, the East Area Rapist Golden State, the mm-hmm. California guy. How does it end? I know people are... <laughs> Skip ahead if you don't want to know <laughs> Uh, well, they, they caught the guy yeah. in 2018, I think, and he was just sentenced recently. Okay. And so there's there's a feeling of catharsis for the victims, and there's this part where they all meet together at a party and connect with one another, and it's really, it's really moving. The last two episodes, I think, are the strongest. <laughs> Talk about your shows. Talk about your next Oh, show. man. All right. Okay. So okay, since we're talking about documentaries, I'll, I'll I'll say my documentary. I saw an Errol Morris documentary called "The Wilderness of Error," and it is about a murder that takes place in the '60s, and it is a murder of a family, and the crime gets pinned on the dad, but a girl shows up and she says that she was in the room when it happened. And it was done by a bunch of other killers. 
And so the documentary is about who's telling the truth. And it's, I liked it, but the ending was not strong enough for me to recommend it. It does a similar thing in which, if, if you've seen Thin Blue Line, he shows us uh, a scene, uh, a dramatization, and you're led to believe that's really what happened. And then, you, and, and then later on, you see it from a different perspective, and you see the exact same dramatization, but it's like from another person's perspective. And then through it, you understand that, okay, hey, there, there really isn't a sense of truth of what's, of, of what's going on here. But it's good. How do you feel about dramatizations in documentaries? It's a it's just a tool that you use to 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 get across your idea. I mean, in the sense that like it conveys more truth. It doesn't. <laughs> but like, if you don't have anything to show, it's a convenient thing to get across. Okay, hey, here's what happened. Do you think it skirts the line of being cheesy? Often. No, depends on how you do it. And this is why I like Errol Morris because like there's really good production value in 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 his dramatizations if, if you've mm-hmm. if you've seen i don't know if you've heard of wormwood his netflix one but that one was uh like taken to an, an, the, the next level it's like it's it's it, it, the dramatizations are essentially like its own movie you know and then like every that every now and then you cut back to like the documentary mm-hmm. and that's what's so interesting about like what he's uh about his his recent stuff Less of that in Wilderness of Air and more of that in Wormwood, but I but you can but there are ways you, you can do dramatizations and make it so that they're like super effective. Because like the the idea is not to lean into the fact that this is the truth. You know? The idea is to play it off as a perspective of somebody's. And yeah. that's and that's how you make it interesting. Hadn't you told me that you had mixed feelings about this documentary series? I did, yeah. The beginning is super interesting because it sets it up as like uh, the dad just lost his family and his kids and his wife and his kids in this like brutal like 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 a killing, and then the next episode like evidence starts coming out that it's the dad that did it, which is like horrific because like the mom and dad of the wife was on his side. And then the the dad starts pushing the dad of his wife starts pushing about like one of the evidence, and then they switch sides, and then and then it becomes like oh shit like is they really start to play it up that this guy like actually might have killed his whole family, which is like really crazy, especially in like the sixties, uh, and then like from there like but like a wrench gets thrown into that when this girl comes out and says like actually he didn't like I was there her evidence becomes kind of like uh, unreliable and so it's like sorting the truth from that and but the way it ends is that errol moore says hey you can't really trust this girl the the judge says you can't really trust this girl because uh her evidence was uh she was forced to testify because she was like threatened right and like Mm -hmm. you can't do that and then the last episode was was pretty much no she wasn't It was all a lie. Not a lie, but like, oh, like, this is, here's another thing that, like, might have happened that's mm-hmm. more probable. And you're like, well, then then the guy did it <laughs> from episode two. <laughs> so, so you like, feel kind of dicked around? Kind of. But, like, up till then, it's like, wow, how is this going to end? And then you're like, oh, that's how it ends. And, like, see, that's the thing about documentaries. That a lot a lot of the times, like, if you if you don't sensationalize the story, you just tell the story of 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 how it happens. 
the right way. It's just not super interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, your turn. What was this show called? The Wilderness of Error on Hulu. FX on Hulu, wasn't it? I don't know. <laughs> I think it, it. You're right. Yeah, it, it, it was FX. Yeah. Is that funny? It's like I don't. I don't. That's not how I think about things anymore. Well, I mean, there every everything's being taken over. That's true. We have as many as many streaming services as we do channels. I would like for them to stop here, though. I don't want any more. <laughs> oh, they they need to because yeah. there's too many, and no one's gonna pay for all of them. People will pay for four or five, but that's enough. Next up on my list, I have The Boys season two. That's right. I really enjoy this show, and I enjoy that it doesn't pull any punches. There's, there's really, it's really dark. It's really violent, but it, I really like how it handles the, how these superpowered beings would behave if they had all this power and no desire to be good with it. Mm-hmm. And I really like that aspect. And I think if you are to watch the show, you should definitely watch it for the performance of Anthony Starr as Homelander. He is so good on this show. He deserves all the awards for this performance. He is He's playing a psychopath, but every time he's on screen, you are waiting for what he's going to do next. He's so insanely yeah. watchable. I think I liked season one a little more, but this this one was still pretty good, and the production value is going to continue to rise. And I think it's better than the comic book. The comic book is really obsessed with sexual depravity and has a lot of sexual violence for some reason. And they did a good job by cutting that, a majority of it, and developing what... I read two of them. And it's page after page of rape and orgies where people are peeing on each other. And it's, it's so over the top. And you're, you're left wondering, why is any of this necessary? So it's good. You should check it out. It's on Amazon. Could you imagine, like, someone coming to Amazon being like, hey, I want to, and bringing the comics with them. is like, I want to make a, 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 a series of this. <laughs> And Amazon said, okay. <laughs> we'll You're talk like, it down I a bit. Like you're sure. thinking. <laughs> All right. So he can, he pees on him. All right. Yeah. <laughs> there was this, uh, when the little, when the young boy was cast and there will be blood as Daniel Plainview's son, <laughs> the mom watched Gangs of New York to find out what working with Daniel Day Lewis was like. <laughs> it's like, no, no, don't watch that one. <laughs> He's hot. <laughs> The boy, boy has, has no heart. <laughs> and she said yes. And she said, okay, yeah. He, <laughs> you said, can I, do this. I feel comfortable with my son being around this man all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't worth it because he he had to he had to become deaf. <laughs> Daniel Daniel forced him to become deaf. Yeah. This is how, this is how you do it, boy. We're gonna, we're gonna blow out your eardrums. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't react if this kid's not really tough. <laughs> uh, all right, Queen's Gambit. Oh my God, what a great show! Oh, that's funny. My Courtney was watching it just now. Oh my God, it's such a, it's it's such it's such it's such a great miniseries. Uh, 
I Anya Taylor Joy is so hot right now. Mm-hmm. She is she is killing it in everything that she does. The, what makes this show so great is the editing and the directing. Now it's about chess, you know that much, and mm-hmm. it does a lot through their games. Uh, in these in the games, they're they're feeling each other out, and they're like they're 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 getting confident, and they're making mistakes in their moves. And that comes across so well in the pacing of the cuts and the emotion that's like conveyed through like what it is that they're doing. And they get really creative with the games. It feels like like the the, the show feels like Naruto. It feels like a, it feels <laughs> like it feels like there's like, okay, like you've 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 bested this opponent and now there's like someone like even even better than than this person. But she's also like super good at chess, but it, it it follows the structure of a, a a girl who is trying to just be the best, and I don't know. Wait, cut that. <laughs> what I want to say about be this. the best that ever was. Yeah, just be the best that, that ever was. But like, but when I say that, the direction is so good. It's like you really buy that, right? Like, it's a simple premise. Like, this girl's really good at chess, and she beats people. But the the setups that they have and like the set design, it's just it you just feel how big it is, right? Mm-hmm. And so when she does win, it 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 feels like super earned. And back on Anya and her emotion, all I think I think a lot of that all comes through like those big old eyes of hers. You know, bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see her and like Emma Stone do like a staring contest. <laughs> they need to be in a movie together. I don't think you can have be that much. I, I think the delicious. Eyes- it would just <laughs> maybe throw Amanda Seyfried in there as well. Don Stahl want to live deliciously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think all I think those that movie would just be eyes. <laughs> it would just be like the like close-ups of eyes. It's the remake of The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, yeah. But I think that Queen's Gambit is the best miniseries of the year so far. Wow! Highly, highly recommend. Highly recommend. Is it based on anything? True story or a source material? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, so it's completely original. The idea of the idea of a child prodigy, uh, which is kind of what she was in the first couple episodes, uh, is you could say is is based off Gary Kasparov, the Russian. No, he's not Russian. The uh, I, yeah, the the chess grandmaster. Grand yeah. yeah. But like her, her like the upbringing to like her relationship with her mom and all that stuff. That that is all that is all original. And I, I think it's really good because of that, because like they can just go off and 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 do what they want. And the chess and the games are actually designed by chess like grandmasters, not grandmasters, but like really good like chess consultants as well. So I so you can go online and like look up all all of the matches and like there's deep analysis of like what the moves mean and represent and so there's like a layer of nuance there that a lot of people also probably wouldn't get so it's not like knight to d5 checkmate (laughs) you sunk my frigate uh there is that but like afterwards like she breaks it down it's really good but i like it i'll and anything anything anya's in is 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 good 
What's your favorite Anya Taylor Joy show movie? We'll 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 get there at one point because All I right. do I will bring up something later, but I I do like her a lot, and I, she's one of my faves right now. Um, to close up the TV section, at least on my end, I did a little editing, and I'm gonna close with the Eric Andre show. My oh. favorite, the favorite thing I'm watching right now. He is back. He has gained 20 pounds. He has shaved his head and tanned his entire body. Jesus. And I think this is the insanity that we need right now to rescue us from the actual terror that is real life. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of fun. He's still fucking with people. He's still doing crazy shit on his set. How many episodes have there been? There's been two so far. Okay. Who are the people? Uh, well, he's he had Judy Greer on. You know, really? Judy, yeah. From Arrested Development, aren't you? Yeah, and what so he just has hot dogs falling from the ceiling onto the desk. So Check funny. it out. It's it me and, explaining and, it won't well, do. I, well, here, my question to you is: at this point, people know the shtick, yes? They do, but then he he gets a lot of people, a lot of rappers who are uh-huh. so insulated in their own stupid world that they have no idea who he is. So they he still gets a good deal of people <laughs> who have who have no idea what they're in okay. for. Okay. Now, what I liked a lot about the Aragonja show actually was Hannibal, and he's not mm-hmm. here this season. What is that? Are you are you missing him? So I don't know if that's gonna stick. It feels like some some weird bit that they're building up so he was in the first episode they quote unquote killed him off in the second one but i think he's gonna be back he's gotta be back well he, well hannibal says like in an article I, th- I think i read somewhere that hannibal's he's not gonna be back but we'll see hannibal also lying. sent someone else to the premiere of spider-man in his <laughs> in his place so I don't trust anything these guys do. That's true. That's true. I I really like Hannibal, so I so I really do hope he is back. All right. Yeah, I think we're done. Okay, we are switching over to movies, and I've edited my list a little bit just because you know we've we did a we did a ten minute section on the Mandalorian, so now we have to <laughs> we have to tighten this up. All I right. have been watching a lot of document. No, 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 please. Don't apologize. It's great. I watched a lot of Michael Moore documentaries. I'm not going to list every single one, but I will say I I had never seen any of his stuff before, and I really dig his style. You might as well call him the America Sucks series. Does he does he does he still confront people? Not as much recently, okay. but in his earlier work, he was more confrontational, okay. and I I love his ability to be completely aloof and not. <laughs> He seems like he's playing an idiot when he's asking people ridiculous questions, and he plays it off so straight-faced, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of Eric Andre a little bit. <laughs> what, what, what was your favorite one? Fahrenheit 9-11. Yeah. No, I didn't watch that one. Sorry, sorry. That oh, was the one God. I didn't watch. <laughs> I, watched, I watched Bowling for Columbine. I think that, that has was, been... That was my favorite, too. <laughs> that one has been the best I've watched so far. Yeah. And he won the Oscar for it. Yeah. He deserved that one. That was a good one. But uh, I think it's time for me to finally talk about the movie that was my most anticipated of 2020. I think I know what this is. 
And remember, we're doing from least favorite to favorite, so that does not bode well for how I felt about it. I saw the movie Tenet in theaters. Oh, wow. That's not what I expected. Okay, yeah. Okay, keep going. First off, I want to say, and I mentioned this in my episode with Jomar, it was such... I felt so lucky to be able to see this in theaters, especially since it had been six months or more since I had seen a movie in theaters. And so that was really cool. And I, yeah. Yeah. And I saw it with, I saw it with Courtney and the entire time we were, we were looking at each other like, there's a movie on the screen. It's fun. We're having fun. As for the movie itself, if you listen back to our Christopher Nolan episode that you and I did, we list a bunch of problems that we have with Christopher Nolan films. And I'll say that they are all present in this movie. (laughs) He has not improved as a writer. If anything, he has, he has doubled down on his, his problems, poorly developed characters, bad delivery of exposition. It's so, the exposition is so bad in this movie and it's, it's, all delivered with people walking and talking. It there's there's some really innovative, cool special effects, and the music is fantastic. But overall, it's it's not great. I I really enjoyed watching it, but it it's it's nowhere near as good as Inception or The Dark Knight. That's that's all I have to say. I give it a five or a six out of ten. Oish. It's better than Dunkirk. Oh, but <laughs> that's not saying much. I don't know. I wonder. Well, I, I'm gonna ask you if you. If, I mean, would you? You would. You'd rather watch this in Dunkirk. All my problems aside, I think it just ha- It does have the bare bones enough for me to want to watch it and enjoy the plot. But it's 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 not. I would not pick it over Inception any day. I wonder. Okay, so I wonder if 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 this is the case of Icarus we have here, where. A couple of years ago, he someone told him he was the best, and he was just now is like, well, I'm I'm the best, so I'm gonna make Dunkirk, <laughs> and I'm gonna make Tenet. Well, well, here's the thing. Yeah, he's he's gotten almost nothing but critical and financial acclaim. Every one of his movies has been a hit. I I wonder if this would have been a hit if it hadn't been for the pandemic. I mean, given it's it's done well given the circumstances. But, I mean, when you have all that acclaim, what do you... Where do you go? Yeah, where, where do you go? And how do you stay... How do you keep your, your humanity? How do you continue to be a good director? I wonder if he feels as though he's, he's, he's done it all. And so, like, people are asking him to expand on something where it's like, I fucking gave you Interstellar. <laughs> I gave you the universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know where to go from. I don't know how to make it bigger than this. Uh, <laughs> I want him. Maybe he should just go back to doing small indie films. I think he should. He he needs yeah. to scale back tremendously because the movies are they're getting bigger and bigger and more expensive, and they're losing their humanity. Mm-hmm. And as a result, so that was Tenant breaks my heart, but that's what it I'm was. Sorry. I'm sorry. Does he have another project? We don't know. I don't know. Probably do you not think, for a while. Now, now, I'm glad that you got to see it in theaters, but do you feel that, uh, it, it should have been released in theaters? It, do I feel that it shouldn't have been released? 
given the this the how it how it did. Oh, financially. Yeah. I mean, I think they learned a lesson. Probably not. Yeah. Because after it came out, I I think all the big studios announced, okay, we're not releasing anything, nothing big anymore. Yeah. I mean, Disney made the right call with Mulan. I feel like if that if, if that they came out, they for it. They did. They did. <laughs> they did. But I feel like if people had seen it in theaters and I spent even more money, they would have been a lot more upset. I don't know. I re- I really didn't like Mulan. I'm not gonna talk about it a lot, but I. I it doesn't do it re, it reminds you of a movie that's better than it and it constantly shoves that in your face like hey you should you know that movie that was really good yeah we're like here <laughs> you could be watching that right now <laughs> you could be watching that well yeah. isn't that all of the disney live action movies they're just reminders of better more creative things yeah i remember i don't remember, remember name drop i don't remember sahir or sia really like aladdin i'm like why <laughs> I didn't yeah. see Aladdin. What the hell? Maybe you could talk about him in that episode. <laughs> I'll take him to task for that. Uh, okay. So what's 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 your first film that you would like to talk about? I'm gonna give you an option, and you can, and then, and then, and then we can spice it in editing however you want it first. Do you okay. want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Borat, or do you want to talk about Bunuel and the Turtles? <laughs> Let's talk about Borat. <laughs> you made the decision so difficult. <laughs> they both start with a B, so this is in alphabetical order. I saw Borat, subsequent movie film, and I liked it. I think that some of the scenes felt more staged than the previous films, than the last film, but I, uh, but I think that the story is better, for what it's worth. And I don't know if you go into Borat for the story, but I think... I think if you just did Borat again, there's not enough uh, meat there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And here's what I will say: the song is better. Not the mm-hmm. song. I meant the the his uh, when he's at the rally. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> what should we do with the scientists? <laughs> Chop them up like the Saudis. Saudis. <laughs> We gas them up like the Germans do and drop them up like the Saudis do. Oh my god, and then the dude does a Nazi salute <laughs> in the crowd. Oh man. Here's what but here's what I like. But I, I will say this is that they those two guys, they don't they don't make them out to be like complete idiots. You know, they make them out to be like kind of dumb, but they have a good heart. His two friends that like help him out. And I don't know how much of that is staged, but like I mean, I, I think that's a I I think that's a that's an honorable uh, 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 critique on American culture because like when he's just like going all out and crazy, I don't know if I go in all in for that stuff. Like the debutante ball, how much did you like that? I really like that. <laughs> I know you too. I I well, I like the big swings because I you you know me, I like filth. But I also the 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 guy there was like, how much you want for your daughter? I find that stuff more damning than a misguided Trump supporter. Yeah. As much as a misguided Trump supporter upsets me, someone who is joking about fucking young girls—that's yeah. Do you remember that scene when his daughter gets brought over in the crate? 
Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Oh no, we can't have this." And then he put the he put the lid back on, and the guy also <laughs> saw small scenes like that. Just, just I don't know. Like they, they, they get that. Like that feels as though that guy was like, "Okay, I guess we're doing this now." And he actually goes off and do it. That's what I think. Something like that, I think, is funny. Well, let me ask you this: Did it tick uh, your 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 boxes on the daddy daughter movie requirements? Uh, enough. <laughs> you know it it, it 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 definitely drags at points and like but i think it's no beasts <laughs> but for what it is i think i think i think it was the right call it doesn't i don't i don't think it goes as big as the original Borat because a lot of the stuff he probably did didn't didn't end up working out like the mike pence thing i felt like because we heard about that before it came out right and it when you saw it in the movie, just I was like, okay. I mean, hmm. <laughs> well, they, they showed it in the trailer too. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, you you yeah. blew your you blew your element of surprise. What did you What did you think of the Giuliani bit? Oh, that was so uncomfortable. Yeah. He's so do gross. You think he was, do you think he was in on that? No, right. You like aware of what was going on? I mean, like he he definitely wasn't aware of, of what was going on, but like. Just to some degree, that 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 was pretty wild. That like, cause like you you I feel like, don't you need him to like sign stuff to like let, let that stuff go out? I guess. I guess I guess you get the 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 end of the, the signatures before the interview. Yeah, I think if you consent to the interview, you that's that's it. Mm. And I think he, I think he behaved so far past appropriate. No, I mean, well, okay. What, how Borat does is that it's edited obviously it's it's edited in such a way that makes like those things look really bad and when he's on the bed and he's like doing doing the mic and that that real that looks really bad yeah <laughs> but yeah anyway but you enjoyed it yeah I don't know if I liked it more than the original Borat I probably liked it as much if a little bit less when was the last time you watched the original Borat a long time ago though I, I do have to say did you see it recently I rewatched it in anticipation of the second one, and I didn't like it as much. Interesting. It didn't feel like as much of a cultural critique as this one was, and I think it it may just be because these things are are topical in the moment, and then you move on to the next cultural thing to criticize. But nothing felt as damning in that one. In that that one. it. Yeah, that was necessarily revelatory about American culture. Right. I mean, I think maybe, okay, well, well, here's the thing, is that context, right? Is that we're looking back on that mm-hmm. with 2020 eyes. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it does, it, it, it does not go as far as, like, things have, have, have uh, how far things have gone in 2020. Mm-hmm. So that, so I don't know. But I do need to see it again. And I feel like there, there's there's so many shows and things of its ilk that exist now that have pushed the envelope so far that it seems tame in comparison. That's right. Did you see that scene in Bruno? I haven't no. seen Bruno. I need to see Bruno. Okay. Okay. Well, I but I know there's a talking you. penis in it. Oh no! I mean, will you see it? I guess. I will see it. I, I do okay, want. Right, I want. Right. I want to see There's it. There's a wrestling scene that, that 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 you should pay attention to. But anyway. <laughs> so when you said wrestling scene in the chat, I thought you meant like the one in Bruno. 
That's how that's how infamous that scene is. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> closing up on Bruno, do you have any not Bruno, closing up on Morat, do you have anything further to say? No, no, that was good. It was a good little movie. I like it. Yeah. Do you think that one was going to come out in theaters? Or do you think that one was always a prime? Because I do not think that would have went well in theaters. I think with a crowd of people, that could have played like gangbusters. That could have been. Not in the South. <laughs> not in the South, but I mean, was Borat, was Borat 1 popular in the South? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much money Borat made, but. Uh. It made a lot of money. But there's also there also there's also an aspect of, and this this kills me. But there's also people watch it without the sense of irony, where they're they're like, oh, he's it's funny because he's saying offensive things, instead of no, it's there's that extra layer of where it's our culture that has supported. Right. No, I think you're right. I th- I think it would play better in the south. <laughs> So they're like, ah, oh, we laugh at people the in the theaters here. are sing- people in the theaters are singing along with them. <laughs> y- yeah, honestly, laugh about like the Saudis do. <laughs> it may it, it may have been really big in the liberal cities. Yeah. So next up on my list, coming back to Anya Taylor Joy, I saw the movie Emma. Oh, that's like that. Yeah, I I did see that. It was on Netflix. I didn't watch it, but how was it? I I really enjoyed it. I think. It avoided the the pitfalls that some period pieces can have of just being stuffy and dry. I thought it had a lot of energy to it, and it was beautiful to look at, and the cast was really young. I really enjoyed it. So I, I'd say six to seven out of ten. Okay. You should watch it, though. Is it a period piece? It is, right? It is a period piece. But it's it, funny because you actually don't see her speaking in her native accent that off that much. There's a witch in the wood. That's it. The Come only that's the only, she's she's only ever in the witch, the vivich. I mean, that's it. That's the only that's the only time you ever see her. But she's actually she's actually a mutt, which I learned recently, is that she's yeah, actually she's from like, a lot of different she like Irish and yeah, she's English. American too. Yeah, so I don't know. She wears a lot of hats. Yeah, she's a she <laughs> God. Um, what's next on your list? Next on my list is I'm gonna give you another option. I'm gonna give you the option between Monos, Dick Johnson is dead, or Bunuel in the Labyrinth of the Turtles. I did not see a lot of movies like Borat. <laughs> give me Dick Johnson is dead. You heard about this? Yeah, I watched the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you heard about this? You heard about this? Dick Johnson is dead. <laughs> Dick Johnson is dead is a documentary about a filmmaker whose father is beginning to suffer signs of dementia. And to come to terms with this death, she decides to have her father film a bunch of scenes of him dying in like a comedic way. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of goes in between those two dualities of being humorous and funny and celebrating the life. The guy is charming, which is good. Uh, and so when he is being comedic, it's like, it's, you're really in for the ride, but it's intimate in scenes in which she's like, just has the camera up and like talking to him. And it's about like the things he remembers. And then like, when she asks him something kind of, kind of simple and he can't remember, like it really breaks your heart because you, 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 you see him in the scenes where he's like been like such a joy and Mm -hmm. you see like the loss of this person. And so it's a roller coaster. I liked it. It, drags i would say quite a bit 
I don't know if a lot of people would like it, but I liked it. Uh, and I would recommend it to some. To some. And it's on Netflix, isn't it? It is on Netflix. It is yeah, on Netflix. I think I'll, I'll, I should check it out at some point because I'm on such a documentary kick right now. Yeah. yeah. Would you rather hear about The Assistant or The Trial of the Chicago 7? Uh, the Assistant. <laughs> so I, I put The Assistant think, on my since list. We're in a because, plotting, since we're in a plotting, <laughs> slow. Because we had talked about it previously, I, I was excited to talk about it. And it is slow, and it does def- it definitely seems like something that was made to serve a purpose. But at the same time, I really appreciated its intricacies and how there's a there is a purpose behind the banality of the film, and it's because what the main character is experiencing was so part of normal life, right. And it's based loosely on Harvey Weinstein, so you can imagine what the movie's about. But just how she's in this environment of complacency and no one questioning this horrible monster. Have you seen it? I've seen the Red Letter Media. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's on it's on Hulu. Um, I watched it. I watched it twice actually. I watched it once on a TV, and the second time I put on my fancy headphones and was sort of doing stuff at the same time as listening to it. And I really liked the sound design and just, mm. I feel like it was really immersive and put me in that gross environment. So yeah. I'd say worth, worth checking out. Yeah. As like, as like slow as it is, I feel like though, that's honestly how deep like harassment kind of happens. You know, it's, it does it's not like this big thing where this guy comes out of nowhere and just feels like, ah, I'm going to be a sexual predator. Yeah, it's, it's not least, it's not underscored by anything. It just happens. Right. right. And it's like it's it's these things that like could seem innocuous, you know, when you're in the situation there, but like to the girl, it 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 comes off as as creepy. And so I think films, you know, that get across that feeling, I feel like that feeling is super important because like that's that 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 that's the actual feeling. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but I also recommend it. <laughs> And you should check it out. It's on Hulu. Yeah. Readily available. All right. We're gonna we're finally doing it. Boonwell. <laughs> At the what, Labyrinth the... of the Turtles. I have a lot okay. of setups to give here, don't I? Boonwell in the Labyrinth of the Turtles. All right. So there is a surrealist filmmaker in the 60s uh, makes a documentary film about a village that is very poor and is a lot of death happens in that village. And the theme of the movie, well, it asks questions of if art is for the benefit of people, then is it worth it if those people are getting exploited in the creation of it? Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. Right? It's. Do you remember that scene? Do you remember uh, Nanuka the North and like Disney with the lemmings? So... For people who don't know, Disney uh, made a documentary about lemmings. And to get across the fact that they're suicidal, which they are not, they shoved a bunch of them off the edge of a cliff and filmed it. And they said, look at these fucking idiots. <laughs> they, just, they just jump off the cliff because they're suicidal. Mm-hmm. And it made for a more sensational story. That's kind of what he does in this documentary. 
because you know to get exposure on the town he really needs to highlight the fact that like this town is like dying and it's like a really treacherous place to live there's a scene where there's a goat on a cliff and he says we need to we need to make it so that show to show that even mountain goats like it's hard for them to live here and then so we needed to like jump off a cliff and die but it won't do it so they end up sh- so they end up shooting the goat and, and pushing it off the cliff uh, to did. get that scene yeah and well it, it, it doesn't start there it starts off like small things is like there's this family who's living in like a really dirty house and this, he gives the dad a cigarette so he can go into the house and film the family there's like flies and shit on the family and stuff like that and i think it's super interesting and yeah i know you haven't seen it but i would like to ask you that question we have movies like tiger king where because it's so sensationalized and because it's like it it, a lot of people it's able to get to that point in which like like uh these these zoos that hold tigers are, are able to be shut down Mm-hmm. But what what is that? Where is that line between? Okay, I'm exploiting the story and these people by doing this in sake of the story. The thing about Tiger King is, I feel like the a lot of the subjects were exploiting themselves already and being filmed doing the awful things they do was just another opportunity for them to buff up their already horrible ego and so yeah it's it's interesting I don't, I don't know how concise i can speak about it but i my my concern is that people watch tiger king my my concern with reality tv in general is that people watch these awful human beings and they celebrate them and they love them and they these people do disgusting things the 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 mullet dude from Tiger King, I don't even remember his name, but he is so gross and creepy. And he's not even the worst person in that docuseries. <laughs> and then after after that show aired, they Joel McHale, that little fuckface, Netflix had him interview one of the most despicable people who's on the show. And it was it was a lighthearted interview. And that yeah. pisses me off. Where it's like this this behavior is supposed to be condemned, not celebrated. But I I feel like with the scenario you were describing about forcing the drama, I don't think that's a good thing. You're kind of going that's like a journalist fudging a fact. That's, yeah, that's not that's not good. No, it isn't. I mean, but if he did it, you know, you wouldn't. He wouldn't have had the movie to help the town. Hmm. So it was an interesting position that he was put in and made more even more interesting that the executive producer was a really close friend of his who had a bunch of money. And so so they go into this they go into this town and he's being a surrealist artist and like faking all this stuff and like making it super dramatic. And his friend is like, yo, I'm paying for this. Like, why are we, you know, like what like it, if it feels like I'm just paying for you to you know, do your surrealist art project and not like getting the reality of what it what it's like down here. Mm-hmm. It's an animated movie. <laughs> so he he wanted to make an interesting movie that that wasn't really based in reality, and he was doing things that were questionable to do that. 
Uh, no, I mean, he wanted to get across like the, 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 the reality of the town, which was like, it was a, it was a, uh, impoverished place that was, that, that, that death happened, you know, like, and it was like super common, but it wasn't happening, you know, yeah. because they were, they were only there for like a, a couple of things. So like, you know, it's like you go to Africa and you don't see any elephants. What are you going to do? <laughs> right. So it's like yeah. for him to get the for him, to, for him to get the job done, he had to do you know what he had to do. So he was this is like this, to... this is like with reenactments, right? It's like if you you have all these talking heads talking about something, but you don't have anything covering them, what do you you know what do you got to show? Okay, hey, let's show a recreation mm-hmm. of what happened, even though that's not exactly what happened. It's like it's a fabrication, but you know it's. So he was lying to make a point, and the point was true, but it was yes. the means of which he was getting there that wasn't yes. okay. That's that's a difficult line to skirt with fiction because he, if you take something like the Social Network, where it's it's not fact, but it's a really entertaining movie that brings up great points about social media and friendship and the cost of seeking out riches. Does that is that way more than the the truth? Yeah. yeah. So what what happens? Where does the magical turtle come in? It's like one of those movies where like the 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 title is based on just one line that the, the characters say. It's uh-huh. like he's looking at like the village from a distance, and he looks like, oh hey, the roof of the buildings remind me of turtles shells. And then Benwell says like, yeah, like a labyrinth of turtles because it's like they're just kind of like in random places that kind of connect with one another mm-hmm. and so it's a reference to the town i see sorry if you're disappointed <laughs> i know you wanted to hear about turtles did you say something about it being animated or did i make that up it's animated it is animated this whole thing is animated okay isn't that isn't that interesting because it's an animated movie about a documentary <laughs> and it does a similar thing to waltz with bashir a movie that i also like a lot in which it intercuts the animation and the reality. And then when you see, and then, and so it's easy to get lost in the animation because the situations they're in are so weird. Mm-hmm. It's like there's these bunch of like mentally handicapped, uh, you know, uh, teenage kids who are like by a car. And to get them to like do weird shit for them on camera, they take them on a joyride. <laughs> and you're like, what the hell? And then it cuts to like the reality of it. You're like, whoa, that's right. This is a real thing. Mm-hmm. So it it just it just makes the reality all the more interesting. Um, but yeah, I I really liked it. And where where can someone see this movie? Is it available anywhere? No. <laughs> you can rent it probably on Amazon Prime. But let me actually see, and then we'll edit it together. And save it. Save the title one more time. Buñuel in the Labyrinth of Turtles. Buñuel in the Labyrinth of Turtles. You can rent it on Google for a dollar. You can rent it on Google for a dollar ninety nine. On Google, who rents stuff on Google? Nobody. That's why you watch. That's why you watch stuff illegally, like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Arg. Arg. All right. That was it for me. Well, I think. I do have more things on my list, but to save on time, I'm going to skip to something that stands out to me the most, and maybe you and I can come back and talk about some other things at some point. One of my favorite movies that I've seen recently was Feels Good Man. 
which is That's right. why did I say that? You gotta say like feels good, man. Uh, which is a documentary about the meme Pepe, which I didn't know this. It started out at the as this dude's comic creation, and then it evolved into what we all know as it became a hate symbol and sort of a mascot for the alt right. And the movie covers the the creation of it and how it became so much of what the creator didn't want it to become. And it's really funny. It's really sweet. It's 90 minutes long, which is mwah, perfect. And I think it kicked off my this documentary kick that I've been on. It kicked off my documentary kick. How about that? Yeah, you can rent it on Amazon. Now, how much how much did you know about uh, Pepe going into this? Just what I saw on the internet. So I I had seen Feels Good Man, and I I had seen like him him meshed in with other things, but I I I wasn't aware of the degree of how he was used for racist thing racist memes and how big he was on 4chan that was not something i was aware of so it was really insightful about that yeah and the the documentary itself really incorporates animation well and the creator of pepe is so laid back and funny and lovely to lovely to hear from it it's great it's one of my favorite of this year really yeah it's a fantastic movie and documentary. Now, from the tra- from watching the trailer, I see that it 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 goes to him filing a, a court case. Yeah, talk more about that. So, not not to spoil it too much. Yeah, but he, I think he, if I remember correctly, he is trying to get a trademark on it because someone is about to use Pepe and sell Pepe merch in a context that is politically and racially charged. And so he's, mm. he's fighting that battle with a really famous alt-right speaker who I won't name. So you can see the movie and see for yourself, but it, someone really big in that world. Interesting. It's yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting about Pepe. Cause like, cause uh, before the documentary, we, we, we didn't even know that it was, it was from the, uh, a, a person right so it's like once the internet takes like something that you make it's not really like yours anymore and you didn't, no you it's wasn't not able to control it yeah so it's an interesting it, it's an interesting situation of what you what you do there hmm. what was your familiarity with pepe i like i knew well because like he, and it goes back to what i said about the internet right is that like people use him for like funny stuff but they also use him for like but he's also like a dog whistle in some communities, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, and so, I knew about the stuff I knew about, but I didn't know about the stuff. But like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in down with like the dog whistle stuff. So yeah, it's hard to. So when you have an icon like that, it's hard to like. Okay, we just, I just want you to use it for these things and not for these things. You know, as a as an artist, you can't really do that. Like, what you make is just it kind of belongs to everybody. So. He's he's in quite a pickle here. I don't know. Have you used Pepe more since seeing the movie? <laughs> um, I say feels good, man, a uh, lot. And I have 
I saw some nightmare feel the other day at work. I walked into the restroom and there was a grown man, probably in his 50s or older, who had his pants all the way down while he was using a urinal. And my first mm. thought was, feels good, man. <laughs> it feels good for that moment. But then, like, once you're done, you're like, you realize, oh, I, this is a lot more effort than it's You don't worth. do it in fucking public. <laughs> huh? You don't do it don't in know. public. <laughs> I, I mean, like, who, no one else was in there, right? Is this you and him? Yeah, but still... I didn't want to I see that, some stranger's bare fault. ass. That was, you shouldn't have walked in on him. How's that? <laughs> he was in there alone. <laughs> you should have knocked. <laughs> uh, did you? Do you have any other films that you would like to mention, or? Uh, not right now. I have a few, but I don't. I don't think. I don't think there. I don't think there's a lot to say about them. We can save it for a later time if if you have more to say. I'll, I'll leave it as a teaser. I saw Monos. What is that? Is. Monos is a movie about a South American paramilitary group, but they're like teenagers, and they have this uh, this uh, engineer lady that is hostage, and so it's about it's about her uh, in that hostage situation, and the teens trying to do a coming of age story. Mm-hmm. It's really intense and it's really dark. I would only recommend it to a very certain vibe. <laughs> okay. Anyway, See, it's not it it's not something you just put on and watch. Not oh, really. Uh, not really. It's not really something that it's not not a, not a feels good man movie. <laughs> <laughs> feels bad man. Yeah, feels bad man. How's that? Is there anything that you are excited about that's coming out soon? Coming out soon. Are you talking about Netflix's The Crown season four, Daniel? Uh, that that may have been something I was hinting at. Netflix's season four of The Crown is coming out, and we get to see Agent Scully play Margaret Thatcher, <laughs> doing a a fantastic job. Yeah. I might say. Wait, better than Meryl Streep. Oh yeah, is it out yet? Is it out? I thought it was coming out in like mid-November. Oh okay, yeah, you're right, mid-November. Okay, yeah, but we'll see. She should just go into it as Agent Scully. Just play it the same way. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that X Files was back for a while? It was. There's one episode that's worth watching. Yeah, I heard it wasn't able to find a find its own voice in this post-internet world. Yeah, it's... it's It didn't really know what it wanted to be. It was just kind of like, hey, people watch X-Files, and like, let's make some X-Files. And it's, Remember X-Files? Yeah, which is a shame, too, because I feel like there's a lot you could do with it. It's just, it, just, it just wasn't able to... It just wasn't able to latch onto something. But, but, but that's aside from Jillian Anderson. She's, she's a great actress. Watch, watch anything she's in. I heard she's really good on that. She's on that show Broadchurch. Broadchurch, isn't she? With, with David Tennant. Oh, you don't know? No, I think no, she no. Is. but I'm sure she's good. Yeah. What well, are you? What are, are you? Are, are you? Is there anything coming up? Or are you just gonna watch Eric Andre? I'm excited for the film Mank, directed by one David Fincher. That's and right. When is that coming out? I think it comes out in a few weeks. I think Courtney told me that. 
but it, it oh. comes out sooner than I thought. I thought it was going to be a Christmas release, and I think they're releasing it in November. Where? So, on Netflix. Netflix? Netflix. That's right. Okay. All right. Interesting. So I'm, I'm stoked about that. I'm excited about The Crown. I'm just, that's a lot of content. That's 10 hours, <laughs> 10 hours of content. But I'll, I'll, I'll break it up. It's good, though. It's so good, and it looks like the production value is back up. Well, this is supposed to be the like the season, so you know, I mean, every season is like a great season, but like Margaret Thatcher, you know, how you gonna, you got it, you got it. But I, I feel like after season one, there were some noticeable. It was still really good looking, but it season one looked like a movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it looks like it's coming back to that. A little bit for season four. I was really impressed by some of the shots I saw. Yeah. What what was your favorite episode in the new season? I don't know, the but like the previous season. The yeah, season three. The the landslide one was pretty good. Aberfan? Yeah, that was that was a really good one. See, that's the thing about that show is that there's not when they when the seasons come out, there's not a whole lot of episodes, and like enough of them are good where it's like, yeah, it was a good season. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I think I told you that it was it was my least favorite season, but it was still really good. And I think I was still adjusting to the new cast. Mm-hmm. A- anything with Charles, I I liked Prince Charles. I thought he was good. Oh, the moon landing episode. No, that's Philip. But I liked that one. Oh, too. Charles. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he's when he's when he's doing Welsh. Yeah. Yeah. That might be my yeah, favorite. That might that be my, my favorite episode. That's my yeah. That might be my favorite episode in a long time, actually. I love when he's doing that play at the end and then he's, and he's, and he's, and like, I think the line is that like, if I'm, if I'm just like, if I bleed like you, if I'm, if I'm, if I, if I, you know, hurt like you, then like what, what makes me a king? And it's like, wow, bruh, bruh. <laughs> bruh. And then he passes out bruh. on stage. Uh, well, Kevin, thank you for, talking about your what you've been watching thank you for lately that. yeah we need to do this again soon because there are, and i i think we, we we should do one where we have fewer things but we talk more in depth about them right because i yeah. <laughs> i i, I make this people. big yeah I, I mean i it was a great talk about the mandalorian i didn't know we were going to talk for like 15 minutes about it at the end we sh- at the end of the season we should do it we, sh- we should do we should we should do a recap a recap? Yeah, that's like a good go, idea. Go and do like a red letter media, go through all the episodes. Yeah. But thank you for being on, Kevin. Thank you. We'll do this again sometime.